Gentlemen, a series of conversation between men for men to talk about taboo subjects like emotion, behavior, culture, and mental health, just to name a few, in hopes to encourage men to embrace their authentic self and reclaim their emotional being. So join me to bring back the gentle in men. Good morning, everyone, and hi. Welcoming you guys to another episode of the Gentleman Special. This is our second chapter regarding men in general. Today, we have our guest, Hela, and Hela would tell us a little bit about her background, what she does, and why is she here, and what's the correlation between what she wants to talk about and men. I would like to welcome Hela one more time, and please tell us a little bit more about you. Hi, Hamad. Hi, everyone. Thank you. So, I'm a counselor. I work with men, women, children. We tackle different topics that affect their day-to-day -day life. And we're here to talk about shame because shame is this thing that affects everyone's lives, whether we realize it or not. So generally with shame, it causes triggers without us noticing. And it starts from a very early stage. And a part of it is because of stigma revolving how we view ourselves, especially based on our gender. So with women, there's the idea of shame that's sort of embedded in our root when it comes to discussing different topics when it comes to different aspects of our lives the same thing applies to men there's the shame of no you're a boy don't cry or toughen up and there's all these things that affect the way they feel the way they think and ultimately it affects their behavior as well i mean i've spoken about shame when it comes to women and how it affects them yeah. in so many different small details of their day-to-day -day life but it's mm -hmm. really important to know that the same thing applies to men and it's important to start that awareness regardless of the age but definitely from a young age you know telling boys don't cry because you're a boy what's that teaching them that's teaching them that when they grow up when they're wow. teenagers and when they're boys they're not going to know how to express exactly. themselves all these emotions. exactly they yeah. start suppressing them and then they have to release these emotions one way or the other and unfortunately it's they start to release it in very toxic way so mm -hmm. they can become very abusive they can become very aggressive whether physically or verbally and use substances as well use substances the the behaviors the groups of people they start to interact with or that they initiate so you can see how it really does influence every aspect of their lives because the way they've been taught to view themselves mm -hmm. is based on this idea of shame if they show any sort of vulnerability or weakness so we talk about shame and how much how much it affects people and eventually you said how it's embedded at a young age and how it reflects in the future like uh, once they start developing and um, they start growing from what i understand that most people develop this new behavior like let's say or a belief system that is embedded in their identity or personality from a very young age what's your thought about that and if there's a possibility of you addressing that how could we tackle that and from from your expertise when should that be addressed like in say when it comes to parents and in general like for anyone that might be have noticed that they're suffering from these kind of shames what would your input when it comes to parents with kids parents with younger i mean or older kids teenagers and stuff and men and women they grew up right now and they're suffering from shame i think the first thing to do is spread as much awareness about this topic that's how it starts knowing more about it listening more to things that relate to shame and how they manifest in so many different areas 
parents. So let's talk about parents. When it comes to parents with younger kids, they have to have this awareness first or else they're not going to be able to do something about it. When I work with children, I like to work with the parents as well because 50% of the work is done with me and the child, but the other 50% remains with the parents. And the parents' cooperation is needed. So we start by talking about this. So I start talking to the parents about it, give them a little bit more information because they're also changing their own belief system that they passed on to their children. This is how it starts. And this is what I enjoy about talk therapy is that you get the chance to talk to people. You get a chance to also have their input because this is their life as well. My job is not to change their life. My job is to help them enhance the different aspects of some people don't realize that, you know, even though that they might come in and they have some sort of belief system, to them, it's valid. To them, that's their truth, something that is common in their culture, in their environment. And this is something that we would like to touch upon people that anything that you come with, and maybe, maybe it's wrong, but eventually sometimes you don't realize it's wrong because it was natural in your environment. Exactly. hundred percent. That's very true. And this is why having the opportunity to talk about it and see that we're not changing everything, but let's improve the parts that really do need to be improved for your own well-being and for your own child's well-being at the end of the day. So these are really important things to do. Now, when it comes to older kids, same thing applies. The way I like to do it is very person-centered. So this is generally speaking, but when it comes down to it, no, you have to be very person-centered. You talk and you take each situation as it is so that you're able to help based on their reality and their circumstance. But generally speaking, it's having that awareness. It's having these open conversations that, you know, where we can put things together. But essentially, the main point is to help move past this and allow children to express in healthy ways. Because you have parents coming in complaining that they don't listen, they misbehave, they're not studying, they're hanging out with the wrong crowd. Exactly. And all those things. But it's like, okay, no one is blaming you. Let's deal with the situation as it is now. And let's move forward. And then my job as a counselor, and I like to practice psychotherapy as well, and the modalities I apply here so that we can change the belief systems or the core limiting core beliefs. And it's not a matter of blaming or victimizing or saying, oh, it's because it's that. So another thing is, as parents start to feel really bad, they go like, oh, it's my fault. We'll move past that because because that's also shame. Shame yeah. leads to guilt. And you're constantly feeling guilty. You're constantly feeling like you're not good enough. This will not change the cycle. This will only increase the shame and increase the guilt and do nothing to change this behavior. So this is when I come in and we try to work on that to move beyond it. Before we get that go there, because uh, this is related to parents as well. Do you find both parents showing up when it comes to the work that's needed to be introduced to the, the children? Or do you find mostly mothers who are more influenced into seeing a counselor could you touch upon that if you don't mind sure it really does depend on the parent it okay. depends on their family dynamic mm -hmm. and who is invested in what sometimes it's let's say if it's a boy or it's a girl and honestly it really does depend it's very variant however i still think it's important to talk to both parents mm -hmm. and then again depending on the situation whichever parent in some cases you have one parent more involved in one area or the other and then we work on that but it really does depend. I would like to ask you why, why did I ask is because I've realized too, like I've noticed this is something
something that has been going on in our culture, talking to a couple of friends as well regarding this matter, I realized a lot of the men, let's say the father figure in the relationship or the household, let's say, always come in with the aspect of, I know how to raise my children. I don't need anyone telling me to, how to raise my children. And they have that mentality. And that's why I would like to ask because I know not every man in general are not always open and the woman usually has this influence. They'll take the children and eventually she will bring her husband along with. So that's why I just wanted to know from your perspective, does this happen? And have you met any men with this kind of belief system that, you know what, I know I've been raised in a certain way. This is how we've been raised and this is how we want to go generation after generation. So just I would like to hear a little bit more about that. I've actually faced it with both. I faced it with fathers who were like, no, this is the way it's done and he's a boy and this is how we raise them. And I've also faced it with mothers who felt like, don't come and tell me how to raise my uh, child. And it's like, no, I'm not here to tell you how to raise your child. So, I'm here to help you. You're here seeking my help or, you know, I've got this responsibility. So I've got to share this knowledge with you for your son's or your daughter's sake. This is why I started by saying, talking to the parents, working with them and having that awareness is really important. I'm not trying to tell you what to do with your child. Yeah. However, you're seeking my help to help you with them. So this is why I like that approach. And I like talking to the parents and letting them know that, okay, so we're here as a team to help your child. And some parents are just so cooperative because at the end of the day, if they're seeking this service, they're seeking this help, that means they want to help yeah. their child. And this is, let's say, one of the resorts that they actually came for. Definitely. And I have so much respect for parents who do that. Because a lot of them, you can see that maybe they're feeling guilty or they feel like, am I a bad parent? So again, the shame and guilt in them is triggered. And then it's like, no, it's okay. It's fine. It's happened. Let's move past it. And it's not necessarily their fault either, by the way. So this is also something really important to know. Before the pandemic, they go to school. So they're interacting with other children. They're seeing other adults. Maybe Maybe it's something that happened in an incident in a school with another kid, another parent of another kid or a teacher. Yeah. Also within their family, maybe there are other family members that are very influential that made them feel this way. So it's not necessarily the parents. This is really important for parents to know. It doesn't mean that it's your fault or you did something wrong. This could just be a circumstance. This could be just a character thing, by the way. Some kids are just more shy or they're more reserved and innately they got this sense of shame and guilt that's been generationally passed down perhaps so the examples and the reasons and the triggers for it are endless this is why i say i like to take it case by case and see what the situation is and focus on that so that we can move past it let's go to the grown-ups right now it's never too late to work on yourself i love this the opening really statement different. yeah and better late than never because once you take the very courageous step to do something about it this is your first step towards a healthier lifestyle a healthier belief system because we all function on our own belief systems and we've all got beliefs that help us move forward and we've got ones that limit us so this is what we focus on shame is one of those things and it's a huge one because it creates a lot of inner conflict it influences the way you think the way you view yourself the way you view others the way you view the world it's manifests into different ways 
such as your inner critic, things like your image and your appearance, the career path that you choose, it's endless. So once you start recognizing, and sometimes you don't understand why you get to the point where you think like, okay, everything's fine. Everything is going according to plan, but something is wrong. I've got this inner battle inside of me. And a lot of the times it's embedded in things such as shame. That's the first thing for people to know. Take the step, do the work, and don't think about, oh, it's too late now. I cannot change. Everyone can change. You just have to want to change. Be willing to do it. And I'm not saying that, yes, it's going to be a walk in the park and it's so easy. No, you do have to do the work. work. Definitely. But once you do, you're not only going to feel so proud of yourself, you're going to feel relieved because you're letting go of all this baggage that you've been carrying on for so long. I'd like to take it a little bit into one of the main things why I have you here today, which is men and women are part of society and they come together to create families and make the society grow. And shame within relationships is one of the main things that we notice a lot because I come as an individual, meet you as an individual. When we come together, these two individuals sometimes might be influenced by one another. Someone might be more dominant than the other. Sometimes we lose our identity just to please the other. So especially like from a male perspective, I would say usually we are the providers, the givers. We have the upper hand in most relationships. And that's why sometimes we come in and there's a lot of shame in regard to this matter because maybe we are not well prepared, you know, coming into this relationship. So the, you get to see there, it's like walking on thin ice. We kind of try to calculate every step before we take it, the way we talk, the way we act, you know, just so that we want to showcase a certain identity. And why I'm relating this to shame is because we don't want to come up as not men enough. That's exactly it. I was waiting for you to finish because I wanted to say that this is the exact reason why men think this way. And it's part of shame. I don't have the upper hand. I'm not man enough. I'm controlled by a woman. And this idea that is a big no-no, it takes away from his manlyhood. The idea that I'm a man, I have to provide. So it moves away from things that are supposed to be, you know, chivalrous and nice and things like that. We're not going to move into the whole feminist thing, but it's the idea that, no, no, you're a woman, step aside. I'm the man, I have to do this. And it creates conflict and it creates battle because what you're doing is you're trying to prove your manlyhood based on certain ideologies that people believe make a man, forgetting that, no, this is a human being. And if your approach to it isn't correctly, then you're actually hurting yourself more than you realize. And you're hurting your relationship because it's not about you providing, but what are you providing beyond financial things and materialistic things? Are you actually present in the relationship? Provide being there and supporting your partner and showing them the love and the affection and the attention that they need? Are you present enough to allow them to show you and give you their love and their support and their affection and their attention as well? So this is how shame manifests in relationships with men and with women same thing they come in and the woman still wants to feel like she's a person she's a human being in this relationship too she has certain needs and she also has things to give but there's also that shame of no if I do this then I'm being too dominant for example or too dominating or if I don't do that then I'm less of a woman if I ask this I you know I can't do that it's rude it's not okay ideally speaking they both 
want to be in this relationship but there's so much holding her back and there's so much holding him back and they're both focusing on the identity that they're supposed to be the idea of who they're supposed to be in this relationship versus who they are in this relationship and their shame is what's going to stop them from being able to have either a stable and steady relationship or they're going to have a very turbulent and conflicting relationship so it's either going to be very passive nothing is going on they're just going on with their roles or it's going to be very turbulent because they're constantly clashing they're constantly trying to prove something to the other so i come in and i'm trying to prove that no i'm a woman i'm independent i can do all these things and you know i'm going on with that and another thing is a woman might be coming in and she wants to show this love and this support and still be herself as a whole individual while her partner is like no 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 very dismissive i'm the man what does that mean they're trying to prove a point that you know what as we say we i don't want you to shake my man manlyhood you know like as you mentioned so we understand that this is something that's coming from the way that we grew up or let's say the role model that we had maybe it's a father or any kind of male figure that we grew up around that gave us that identity or the, the idea but you know it's a very valid point and it's a very important point that we bring this up because let's say just a matter of we come short you know we come short as in in the aspect of you're trying to prove a point beyond your capabilities you know and this is something that you as you mentioned it might mess up the relationship let's say if i come in and you live in a certain lifestyle a certain standard first of all you accepted this person for who he is what he's bringing on the table what kind of lifestyle he came you know him for a fact so it's not a matter of compromising it's acceptance you know but because this guy has that idea behind it no i took this woman from a certain uh, standard i need to make her live and i'll do whatever it takes to give her that standard so you're setting yourself for failure you know from the start and why is that again it's because of shame i don't want her to see that i'm not able to give her the same lifestyle that she was living you know mm-hmm. and there's like this is just one of many examples so like we heard about this now you said like we started from childhood the way they were raising kids then to teenage years and how it's really important to to have the parents involved because they themselves need the work as much as the children because you're shifting the child's mindset based on the environment they're living in and they can't be in the same environment that they came in in the first place so actual environment needs to change which is the parents so this is something we touched upon and now we're talking we talk about individuals so men and women and how they come in together so we covered up a lot of stuff the most important part for me is when someone in a relationship they put in the work they start understanding themselves more become more aware more conscious they start realizing everything around them i've realized a lot of people start blaming everything beyond that point you know because i've put in the work and now it becomes like you know like the external anything around me that doesn't suit my new being is kind of pulling me down or it might not help me in my growth process i feel like this is something that i want to touch upon because i've seen a lot of relationship breaks due to this aspect instead of coming in together and trying to let's say show up like you got on this level but the gap between you and this person has to elevate and grow together because you've done the work the other person didn't it's not fair for the other person to be blamed for not growing but you didn't give them the chance kind of thing you know what i mean so i just want you to touch upon this aspect real quick it's a great point something that i tell my clients even if they're not dealing with these particular issues generally i tell them you're changing and when you're in therapy or you're in session with me i'm focusing on you so you're changing you cannot change everybody else around you but what would happen is you're going to change a lot of your interactions and the way you deal with people and you might face resilience from other 
others. Why? Because they're not used to it. They're used to you in a certain way. They're not used to this change. You're happy with this change. You're more comfortable. You have to kind of expect that it's going to take some time for people to adjust. And it's going to give you the time also to kind of weigh in and assess and evaluate different aspects of your life. What's good for you? What's not good for you? Who's good for you? Who's not good for you? So this is part of the process. You're changing. Things are going to change. You're changing. Everybody else around you isn't. So it's going to take some time to adjust to that. So this is something I actually always mention to my clients. Keep that in mind. You know, it's going to take some time. And they might hear of, oh, you changed or you didn't change. Some people might like it and accept it. Some people won't. This will help you put things into perspective. Depending on your relationship with this person, you will have to evaluate it. I mean, if this is someone who is, even if you're an adult and this person is your mom or your dad, you're not going to abandon them and leave them and not interact with them again. No, but you have to accept that they didn't go through the same change as you. So you have to adjust to that. You accept your new boundaries and you're able to move past it. When it comes to relationships, same things apply. You're going through the change and your partner didn't. Once you get to a certain point, involve them in this. You know, when you're changing, you're opening up your mind to different perspectives. So going ahead and saying, oh, it's your fault. I was like that because of you. You're not doing a very good job in changing and clearing this baggage and this mindset. Just dumping the baggage on them right now. Exactly. You're dumping everything on them, which means that you didn't really do the internal. You feel great, good. But if you feel great, you're going to know this and you're going to be able to deal with it. If you see that you're in a relationship, maybe you realize it's a toxic relationship. That's a complete different situation. Or maybe you were in a toxic relationship, which led you to, you know, seeking help and going into therapy. And that's fine. There's no shame in that. And that's the other thing. Shame about doing something about it. Mm -hmm. It means I failed. It doesn't mean you failed. Doing something about it, it means you're trying to succeed. Your relationship may have failed, but you didn't fail, especially if you try to go and do something about it. To go back to the example that you gave, yes, dumping everything onto them and point blaming them is is definitely not healthy or a right approach. You're in this relationship, let's say, and you start seeing these gaps and how they're affecting you. You can ask your partner to join you, you know? It really does depend. So that's one thing that they can do. Or maybe you realize that sometimes it's best that they each get their separate work done sometimes it's best that they come together and get their work done it also really does depend on the situation it's really beautiful with everything being said and being anchored on shame what is your message for people especially men because we find a lot of resistance from them yeah. so what's your message regarding to seeking help as you mentioned or let's say trying to man up in mm -hmm. most of the situations so that we don't let shame affect who they really are I would say the step that they take mm -hmm. to work healing themselves and working themselves and changing influence of shame in their lives is one of the greatest things that they could do for their money. So if we're going to say man up, man up and do something about it. You're a human being at the end of the day and you are an individual. You are a husband, you're a father, you're a son and you're going to grow and you're interacting with people and you're going to influence other people. What kind of imprint do you want to leave behind? Not just for the sake of your children or your wives or your 
parents or your friends and family for your sake as well. You know, you're here for a reason. What are you going to do with it? It's really important to know that there's no shame and no judgment when it comes to working on yourself. Everybody is a constant work in progress. And it's really important to know that, no, this does not affect your manlyhood or your masculinity. Actually, it really does in the eyes of many women, professionals or not, it makes you more of a man because you're doing something about it. It means that, you know what? I'm courageous enough to do something. I'm courageous enough to, to heal, to work on myself because I don't need to prove my manhood with what I can provide financially or materially. That's not what makes you a man at all. It's how you are as a husband, how you are as a father, how you interact with people, how you behave, how you choose. Those things are going to help you grow. However, shame, if you remain in that mindset, is only going to hold you back. And the main idea is to move away from thinking that you're not enough or you're not man enough. Because that's what shame is, man or woman. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel like you're not good enough, that you're not worthy, that anything you do is insignificant. Not worth it, yeah. It's not worth it. So no, we have to step away from that mindset, knowing that when you do that, you're changing that belief system and you're able to live your life the way that you want to. And it's unfortunate because there's so many men who want to express in a certain way, but they're so scared. They're afraid that that takes away from, you know, how much of a man people view them. And it's actually the quite opposite. So it's really important to keep that in mind. I love that. And yes, because more or less, if we don't put in the work, that's a choice. We take in the choice of not doing something about it. So manning up is actually doing something about it. And I love that. And this is something I myself, I've taken the step to put in the work right now. And I've seen the impact it had on me on a personal level and on every circumstance that came along in my life. So I'm advocating now about it. And I created this men's circle just so that I create the space for them to take the first step. Because once they take the first step of understanding it's okay, this is where they open up and I could send them to counselors like you, to psychologists, to relationship counselors as well, or relationship therapies and stuff like that. But, you know, holding back is the hardest thing. And this is where having this kind of heart space where people could come in and just be authentically themselves is the first step towards change. So I sincerely love how you put it. And I would like to end it with the final tips that you would love to share for men as individuals, men in relationship, and even single men that's raising their children. First of all, I loved having this conversation with you. You know, I'm really happy we're touching upon these points. And there was actually a study that spoke about how globally men don't have the same support or because they're too afraid to have this, this support system. So I think it's wonderful that you've taken this initiative. It's so necessary. The tips that I would say is, men, you're humans at the end of the day. You have so much potential. There's so much that you can accomplish and you have the right to express and release your different thoughts and emotions that you experience day to day. So don't be afraid to do it. And I know it's easier said than done. I understand that. And I know there's a lot of judgment that comes with it, which is also a part of shame. But when you think of it this way, when you're doing something for yourself, then that's one of the greatest things that you can do. You're, you're helping yourself grow in so many different ways. And it's like you said, you will see how it helps you grow on an individual level in your relationships, at work, in your studies, in the way that you interact with people, the way that 
you talk and the way, not just that you talk to others, the way you talk to yourself. So instead of thinking that, okay, no, 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 I'm not enough or I'm only enough when I fit the certain image or idea that, by the way, a lot of women aren't really agreeing with anymore. So if anything, it's making it harder for yourself to be present in your relationship or to enter into different relationships. This is why I want to go back to the example of things like providing. You know, you gave the example of I'm marrying this person who comes from a certain family, is used to a certain standard of life and I want to provide that to her. Okay, that's wonderful. Let's move away from the idea of shame and that you're not man enough. And so now the way you even interact with this person that you love and want to spend the rest of your life with completely changes because you're no longer focusing on her and on yourself in the relationship. You're focusing on, no, no, I have to prove something. How about let's go back to the beautiful thing that you wanted, which is creating a life with this person. You want to create a certain life for her that she's used to because you love her. Wonderful. Focus on that instead of focusing on, I'm not man enough unless I do that. Because you're taking away from something so beautiful to something that is so judgmental, filled with guilt and filled with anger and passive aggression. A lot of the times men become very passive aggressive in these relationships. They lose focus of what's in front of them for something that they're trying to fill. So this is why I say work on yourself, work on healing, work on understanding your own shape. Because by the way, even the examples that we gave, which I know we resonate with a lot of men and even a lot of women who will hear this and will feel like, yeah, I saw this in my dad or my brother or my husband or partner. But at the same time, stop. shame can mean different things for different people. So men, even if we didn't cover certain points that you feel that's perfectly fine and it's perfectly normal. A lot of us and a lot of the times we define shame in different ways. You may as a man find one thing shameful that another man is perfectly okay with, but something else for him triggers shame. So this is also something really important. Not just one thing, it can come- Not a one size fits all kind of thing, yeah. Exactly. And I think men consider this an undeveloped area within you that needs more work, as simple as that. Once you put in the work, it will be some sort of a strength that will reflect, as you mentioned, in every area of your life. Consider it as gaining a new set of skills. It's like you working out, investing a new hobby. It starts with the process. The minute you gain the ability to a little bit mastering it or just becoming good at it, it becomes easier and it becomes better and it will reflect in a better way. I love this conversation, Hannah. And thank you. Thank you for touching up a lot of stuff in regards to men, relationship, childhood. This is my second project. I want to work with kids. I am big on that because I feel like if you work on them on a younger age, it, it will make the world a better place, you know, yes. since you're working with them at a younger age. So mm-hmm. please do tell us where could we find you and make it easy for people to actually work with you. They can actually find me on the Nurture's platform. So that's... <laughs> That's one place they can find me. Also on social media, the name is Hala Developing Lifestyle. I think the name is quite appropriate. And thank you, Hamad. Again, I really enjoyed this. And I'm so glad we got to talk about this because I think people really need to hear this and to know that they're not alone. Everybody goes through it and it's hard, but it's okay. And the thing is, the moment they start, they find it difficult. And I noticed this with my clients. They find that first two sessions, they're a bit weirded out. It's something new. The third session and after it, they become so consistent and they really enjoy it. They, it becomes something that they love because you know what? They're doing something for themselves 
first. This is your time. And it's your time to speak freely, to express however way you want to, using the language that you want, sitting the way you want, just talking, releasing all the things that you can, and then leaving the session learning how to do that in appropriate and proper ways in your day-to-day -day life. It's like you become your own project that you invest so much in. And, and you're it's only giving the skill sets so that they kind of could use it in their day-to-day -day life. Exactly. So thank you once again, Hala, and it was an honor and privilege to have you. And thank you in bringing back Be Gentle and Men. Thank you for watching. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and turn on the bell notification to get our latest work.